For the best part of the pandemic, Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro has been criticized for his reluctance to purchase coronavirus vaccine. He bad-mouthed immunizers from China, he spoke ill of the Pfizer vaccine and took months to secure any deals to get jabs in Brazilians' arms. But now, in an ironic twist, the government is facing its most severe crisis not over the vaccines it did not pursue, but over the ones it did. In February, the government signed a $300 million deal for 20 million doses of the Indian Covaxin vaccine. The contract, however, appears to be riddled with irregularities and has shaken the Bolsonaro administration to its core. And the scandal comes as the government sees its approval ratings plunge to their lowest levels on record. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. The Senate's Hearings Committee to investigate the government's pandemic response kicked off two months ago with powerful depositions from former health ministers, which helped paint a picture of a Brazilian government that was unwilling to follow scientific consensus when it came to the pandemic. Documents published by the Brazilian Report showed that the Bolsonaro administration knew, back in May 2020, that a nationwide lockdown could have contained the spread of the coronavirus, avoided tens of thousands of deaths, and helped the economy bounce back quicker from COVID restrictions. While not exactly a surprise, these revelations seem to pave the way toward holding President Jair Bolsonaro accountable for one of the world's most disastrous handlings of the pandemic. And yet, after the first couple of weeks, the pressure on the government dissipated and citizens began losing interest in the inquiry. All of a sudden, however, new revelations came to light, giving the hearings committee a new lease of life and threatening the government like never before. Ewan Marshall, hello. Hi, Gustavo. So what is the Covaxin scandal? Well, the Senate's Hearings Committee is investigating a potentially corrupt deal between the government and pharmaceutical labs representing the manufacturers of the Indian coronavirus vaccine, Covaxin. Now, one senior health ministry official told the committee that he was being coerced into signing a deal for 20 million Covaxin doses, despite having flagged problems with the contract. And what kind of problems would they be? Well, before we get into that, uh, it's best to rewind a bit and kind of understand when and why the Covaxin deal came about in the first place. So it was back in February, as Brazil was beginning to vaccinate its population, largely using the Chinese-made Coronavac and some doses from AstraZeneca. So there was political and social pressure on the health ministry to procure more vaccines, three of them in particular, all for different reasons. We had the Pfizer vaccine, Russia's Sputnik V and India's Covaxin. So Pfizer, because it was well-renowned around the world, Brazilian regulators had signed off on it, and you know the, the public perceived it as being the best available on the market. Um, but when it came to the Sputnik V and Covaxin, it was quite a different story. 
um, because both vaccines were surrounded by a lack of transparency with their clinical data and were, and still are, represented in Brazil by lobbyists with checkered pasts. So the Sputnik V is produced by Russia's Gamaleya Institute. Now, the Russian government signed an agreement with Union Chimica, which is a company based in the state of Goiás in Brazil, and its main lobbyist is Rogério Rosso, a former congressman who also had a brief and tumultuous stint as governor of Brasilia, the federal capital. Now, Covaxin, meanwhile, is represented in Brazil by a company called Precisa Medicamentos. And what is the deal with them? Well, that's where the story gets a bit complicated, um, because Precisa is owned by a man called Francisco Maximiano, who is known in Brasilia simply as Max, and he has a long history of legal complaints against him. Uh, in 2018, the company received 20 million reais for medicines that were never delivered, and Precisa is also under investigation for allegedly selling overpriced COVID tests to the government in Brasilia. Now, when we look at since Bolsonaro took office in 2019, Precisa has seen a 6,000% increase in the value of its government contracts. And the company has links to Ricardo Barros, who is a congressman who is also the government's whip in the lower house. The same Ricardo Barros who earlier this year talked about strong-arming regulators to approve co-vaxing no matter what. Yeah, the very same. And at that time, the push to buy vaccines was seen as a good thing, wasn't it? Sure, yeah, but Bajos allegedly stepped out of bounds in these efforts to buy more vaccines. How so? Well, he sponsored a piece of legislation that would force Brazilian regulators to greenlight foreign vaccines, even when they had yet to gain approval from leading international regulators. And, as we mentioned earlier, one health ministry official is now claiming that he was coerced into approving the Covaxin deal, despite noticing many red flags about it. Right, which kind of red flags? Well, first about the vaccine itself. Uh, Covaxin had faced severe criticism from India's scientific community, as researchers claimed that its efficacy studies were not sufficiently transparent. And India's health regulators gave the okay to Covaxin without having received any data from its phase 3 clinical trials. So the vaccine was then met with considerable hesitancy, so much so that the government had to step in and more or less disown the immunizer. A senior member of India's COVID-19 task force announced that Covaxin would only be used as a, quote, backup in the event of a sharp spike in coronavirus cases. And what have international regulators said about it? Well, in March, Brazilian health regulator Anvisa denied Indian lab Bharat Biotech a certificate of best practices to produce medicines. Now, that is a requirement to allow Brazil to import Covaxin. Now, that decision has since been changed, but the US Food and Drug Administration recently denied emergency use approval for Covaxin. Right, and that wasn't the only problem with the Covaxin deal, was it? Well, the thing is, everything about this deal was off. Um, for instance, the Brazilian government had previously intentionally stalled a deal to purchase Pfizer vaccines, saying that the immunizer still hadn't been cleared by regulators. And this argument immediately didn't hold water because you know the government had previously bought the AstraZeneca vaccine while it was still in its development phase. And Covaxin had also not been approved when that contract was signed. And on top of all that, the Covaxin deal also involved a somewhat confusing $45 million advance payment to a shell company in Singapore. Right, Ewan, but 
How does this scandal involve the government whip, Ricardo Barros? So the health ministry official who flagged up these inconsistencies, he happens to be the brother of a pro-Bolsonaro congressman, Luis Miranda. Now, he told his politician brother about his concerns, and Luis Miranda met with President Bolsonaro in March to warn him about the, quote, illegalities about the Covaxin deal. And last Friday, the Miranda brothers both appeared before the Senate's COVID inquiry to answer questions on these events. Hmm. And how was that? Well, yeah, it was more of a circus, really, for the most part. Quero aqui cumprimentar os senadores, senadoras, deputados, deputadas, a toda a imprensa e a toda a população brasileira. Luis Miranda, he's a showman. Uh, he's, he's more famous for his YouTube channel than his work as a politician. So he, he showed up to Congress wearing a bulletproof vest, carrying a Bible under his arm, and, you know, claiming he'd received death threats. Uh, and as he made his damaging revelations, Mr. Miranda used a quote from the Bible, which is favored by President Bolsonaro himself, saying, the truth shall set you free uh, from the Gospel of John. Bolsonarist aesthetics all over the place. Yeah, exactly. And then? Well, after a lot of back and forth, uh, it seemed that this could end up being another deposition that would kind of fall flat on its face. Você acha que nós, eu e meu irmão aqui, expondo da forma que estamos expondo, dando chance de vocês concluírem o trabalho, já não fiz um grande, uma grande missão por essa nação? But then, Luis Miranda let slip the name of the politician who was allegedly behind the pressure to approve the Covaxin deal. Congressman Ricardo Barros. Yeah, so he told senators that after informing the president about these signs of corruption, Bolsonaro replied by saying that it was, quote, monkey business by his house whip. Hmm. And yeah, and the president allegedly promised to put the federal police on the case, but that never seemed to actually happen. And how has the government responded to the case? Well, the government and its allies have been uncharacteristically silent. Uh, Bolsonaro first denied the allegations, and then he admitted to meeting Luis Miranda in March. Then he told supporters that he, quote, can't know everything that goes on within each of the government's 22 ministries. Which is funny because it is the exact same thing Lula, who is Bolsonaro's political nemesis, used to say when surrounded by corruption allegations of his own. Well, yeah, it's a standard diversion tactic. Uh, the key for this government has always been to make sure that there is nothing concrete showing Bolsonaro's involvement or collusion in corruption. So, for the president to plead ignorance is a good way to kind of save his own skin. So, Ewan, the co-vaccine scandal has given new life to the Senate COVID hearings committee, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, on Monday, members gathered enough signatures to extend the inquiry for another 90 days, and a group of senators submitted a request to investigate President Jair Bolsonaro himself for misconduct, saying that he'd failed to act when informed about the irregularities involving this 300 million dollar deal. The request was randomly assigned to Supreme Court Justice Rosa Weber, which does not bode well for the government, does it? No, uh, because she's been largely supportive of the COVID inquiry. Uh, she recently denied a request from COVAX and lobbyists to block senators' request to access the company's confidential banking, tax and phone records. And in justifying that decision, she said that the COVAX negotiations were, quote, barely transparent 
and they raised, quote, grave suspicions of wrongdoing. Yes, but only the Federal Prosecution Office can investigate the president, and incumbent Prosecutor General Augusto Adas has been nothing but docile toward Bolsonaro. Yeah, that's right. I mean, legally speaking, any punishment for the president seems to be a bit of a long shot. But in political terms, this is already a disaster for Bolsonaro. That's what we will discuss after the break. We'll be right back. The Brazilian Report was launched in October 2017 to cover Brazil for foreign audiences. But thanks to the support of our subscribers, we have grown a lot since then, and we have expanded our coverage to Latin America. Now, every Wednesday, premium subscribers receive a newsletter with all of the most important political, financial, and cultural news in the region. You can try it out with our free trial, and our full subscription costs less than $20 a month. Just go to brazilian.report. So, Ewan, this has been labeled as the worst crisis the government has faced so far. But if we had a dollar for every time someone says that about the Bolsonaro administration, we'd probably be relaxing on the beach somewhere instead of recording this podcast to work. Every time there is a crisis, we see people talking about the possibility of the administration imploding. And yet he continues to pass several parts of his agenda in Congress, notably in the environmental field. Is this time going to be any different? Well, it remains too soon to tell, um, but this scandal does create problematic elements that weren't in place before. I mean, for instance, what to do with Ricardo Bajos? He's the government's whip in the House, which is a hugely important position. I mean, jettisoning Ricardo Bajos could put Bolsonaro at odds with Congress. Exactly. Uh, the revelation is a significant blow to the Progressives Party, or PP, which is home to many of Bolsonaro's key allies in Congress. You've got Bajos himself, uh, Senator Ciro Nogueira, and the House Speaker, Artur Lira. Now, the PP party has become a new axis of power in Brasilia, uh, responsible for making several appointments to key government positions. Now, the party is what's keeping the Bolsonaro administration from crumbling, yet it also depends on the government's survival to hold on to power itself. So, at least in theory, the weaker the PP party is, the weaker Bolsonaro gets. But isn't that codependence the very exact reason why a Bolsonaro impeachment would be unlikely? I mean, as Speaker of the House, Artur Lira is the only official with the power to initiate impeachment proceedings, but he doesn't seem open to the idea at all. Precisely, yeah. He's not open to it yet. It's important to stress that Lira is the de facto leader of a congressional group known as the Big Center or Centrão in Portuguese. This is a federation of medium-sized parties which always seem to find themselves in the government coalition, no matter who's in power. Uh, they're only loyal to the administration until it no longer serves them. So if anti-government pressure is too much to bear, they could easily jump ship. Anti-Bolsonaro groups had planned to hold a third round of protests on July the 24th, calling for the president's impeachment, but the Kovacs and revelations saw these demos brought forward to next Saturday, July the 3rd. As we discussed last week, these demonstrations are being organized by left-wing groups, 
which has somewhat alienated the right wing and has so far prevented them from having a more meaningful impact. Yeah, that's true. But now, perhaps for the first time, uh, members of the centre-right are starting to consider the possibility of impeachment. And why is that? Well, polls show that both former President Luis Inácio Lula da Silva and Jair Bolsonaro are casting far too big of a shadow for any other candidate to thrive. And any negotiations over a potential third-way slate have gone absolutely nowhere so far. And the Supreme Court's recent decisions have nullified evidence in corruption cases against Lola, which you know pretty much makes sure that he will be eligible come next year's vote. So that means if Lola's in, the only alternative for a third-way coalition would be to remove Bolsonaro. Now, over the weekend, the Brazilian press reported on negotiations within the centre-right in favour of impeachment, and we at the Brazilian Report revealed that information to our readers on Friday. Right, but while Bolsonaro is as unpopular as he has ever been, he still commands 25% of the electorate. It's low for normal standards, but too high for someone to be impeached. Moreover, the economy is showing some signs of recovery, even if it's a feeble one. Impeachment happens only in more dire situations. Yeah, that's true. Uh, things would need to get a lot worse from an economic standpoint before actors like the big centre, for example, would even start thinking about jumping ship. I still think impeachment is highly unlikely at this point. I mean, Congress never buys into adventures like that unless they know exactly what to expect from the vice president. Let's remember 2016. Then-President Dilma Rousseff was impeached after seeing her approval ratings drop into the single digits Inflation had skyrocketed, unemployment too, and then Michelle Termer, her VP, openly campaigning for her job. He launched a document called The Bridge Towards the Future, promoting a pro-business agenda that clashed with Dilma's economic policy. He also began giving interviews about the necessity of Brazil having a leader capable of rallying different forces together. And then he leaked the sort of breakup letter he had sent to the president, saying he was only a decorative VP and that she was seeking to govern alone. And from that point forward, he was no longer a member of the government. Que seria impossível o governo continuar naquele rumo. E até uh, sugerimos ao governo que adotasse as teses que nós apontávamos. And, of course, a few months later, Dilma was impeached, and then Temer got the highest office in the land. I don't see VP Hamilton Mourão doing the exact same thing. Yeah, and there's another thing which makes impeachment highly unlikely, um, the electoral calendar itself. Because, you know, 2022 is an election year, and Congress essentially becomes empty by the halfway point of that year, so that lawmakers can, you know, go back to their constituencies and start campaigning. An impeachment is a long process, and at this point it's far more likely for members of Congress to simply say, no, now's not the time. Well, thanks, Ewan. We'll keep an eye on how the co-vaccine scandal develops. We know how quickly things can change in Brazil. And if you like explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars. That will help more people find out about this show. Or you can sign up to the Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. 
I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.